Welcome, welcome, welcome to Growing Pains. I am so excited to welcome a very special guest today, and it is somebody that I have been waiting to get to introduce. She is Kelly Austin. Kelly is a somatic trauma-informed coach, psychology coach, narcissist abuse specialist, intuitive healer, Reiki practitioner, mystic astrologer, sound healer, and feminine rites of passage guide. I know she covers all the bases, you guys. She brings a grounded and holistic approach to spirituality that empowers with tools to heal and transform. And that is why she is the perfect guest for our episode today. And I'm so excited to be a student of hers for the time that we are chatting today. Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much, Olivia. So excited to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to dive into some of these topics that we have going on today, especially because we were just chatting off camera that I'm somebody who uses these tools in my daily life to try to help my mental health in as best of a way as possible. But there's always more learning to do, especially in this space. And so I'm excited to see what I can pull out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I know all those certifications kind of sound like a mouthful, but I like to just (laughs) encompass um, spiritual psychology. So um, looking at us on like a mind, body, soul level. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where my, my passion and what helped me personally in my own healing journey. So kind of went and got certified in all the things that helped me. So I can kind of be a one-stop shop for, for healing and support for others. I love that. When did you first start getting into spiritual healing and psychology through spirituality? Yeah, well, it's always been a deep interest of mine, um, especially even since I was younger, but it really was, you know, kind of cliche during COVID. um, I was actually working in the corporate music industry for a decade, um, doing soundtracks for movies and TV shows and, you know, TV production shut down. Mm -hmm in the beginning of COVID. So I had a lot more time on my hands and I finally had the space to actually slow down and just Mm -hmm. explore genuine passions and interests of mine that I felt like I didn't have the energy before when I was in, you know, corporate music industry. And I went deep, deep into meditation every single day. And what I really found there was my, my true voice through, through Mm -hmm. everything you know, we're so busy. Sometimes it's, we, it's hard to slow down and hear ourselves. So really it was through meditation and a deep interest in like learning and exploring. I've always been like a a seeker. Um, so I got the space to actually, you know, listen and explore and it became such, such a newfound passion and, you know, my own healing journey through it that, um, it became altruistic. I was like, I have to go. And you know, I didn't do it all at once. I I started at a time. So I first started with a Jungian psychology program, which is a lot of like depth psychology and um, working on the subconscious. And um, then I always felt like I had really strong intuitive gifts and wanted to, was really curious about that. Wanted to fine tune it, did that intuitive healing um, certification Mm -hmm. and always loved astrology. Um, did a astrology apprenticeship um, through Rising Woman. If you're familiar with that um, that Instagram account and, and company, um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, became a through my own experience um, with um, a narcissist. Went and had some, you know, naturally trauma from that experience. Mm-hmm. 
that pain to purpose and became a um, somatic trauma informed coach with a specialty in narcissist abuse and narcissistic recovery. Um, so I kind of find and Reiki. So energy healing, which I know you did level one. Yes. Uh, so you had your attunements and um, yeah. sound healing. So I just kind of have an ongoing interest in all things. Yeah. yeah psychology, spirituality, healing, um, and like continue to explore as your journey has gone on and as oh. new things have arose for you personally. Oh yes. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about healing. That's the thing about healing that I've learned is I'll hit a block and I'll like get to a point where I feel really good. And then all of a sudden the universe comes in and it, it shuts you down pretty quick <laughs> and it says you're not done learning yet. And then you have to start all over. <laughs> And I think that's kind of the beautiful point of that we're we're always we're here on earth to just continue learning, continue growing, and really continue to learn who we are at a deeper level to experience. Um, and if the purpose is growth and learning, then we're gonna get, you know, experiences that that will that will give us some yes. others. But um, but yeah, having a a real like thirst for it. Yeah, most definitely. Like what you seek out is what you'll continue to get. And I feel like pushing yourself to continue to want to grow is so interesting. And it's such a great perspective to have just to stay curious through life and to make it fun and purposeful. Curiosity is huge. I think curiosity, curiosity and compassion, those two together, I think are real keys and knowing that healing is not a destination. You're not like, okay, right. there you go. I'm done. Now I've healed. Um, anyone who says otherwise, you know, yeah, they're lying. <laughs> There's no end. <laughs> yeah, Take caution. Yeah. A topic that I would love to jump more into because I know a little bit about the differing energies and the different kinds of energies that flow in and out of our lives, but don't know a lot in depth about our masculine and feminine energy. So I'd love to hear from you, from your perspective, from your training, like what is that at a baseline? What is masculine energy? What is feminine energy? Totally. Yeah. I think this is definitely a hot topic. Um, and I think it is very complex and and layered to start mm -hmm. with. So um, also, you know, not looking things as complete black and white, but so I look at it as there's, you know, the natural and generic masculine and feminine energies, and they show up in each individual and society differently. Um, but then also looking at their empowered states and their disempowered states. So you can think of feminine or masculine energy, but they look very different in their empowered state and very different in their um, disempowered state. So, um, if you think about the generics, um, and everyone, and I love that you said energies because it's not gendered and sometimes it gets muddled with, you know, societal conditioning and mm -hmm. things like that. But, um, in general, masculine energy is, you know, taking inspired action and it's more that logical thinking, um, and like direction, um, focused goal oriented, which are all mm -hmm. things, um, you know, that we need, um, right. And the feminine energy is more, you know, slowing down. And that's why, you know, me slowing down, I was, you know, had a lot of masculine energy, go, 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 Yeah. you know, getting to actually like slow down and like hear yourself and be receptive to hearing yourself, um, having that nurturing quality towards yourself, um, being able to, 
be vulnerable and express your emotions and the whole spectrum of emotions, not just, you know, the, the pleasant ones being able to really transmute emotions, I think is a real gift of the feminine, um, and intuition and being able to commune with the unseen and just knowings our own gut knowings. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that those are kind of like the main themes when it comes to masculine and feminine energies. And we are in a more masculine society, or it's important to not have it be hierarchical. Mm-hmm. In this, in like our- one is not better than the, than the other. They flow into your life, how exactly. you're needed and how you need them to. Exactly. So we, when you think about value systems and even your own internal value systems and cultural value systems, it's all a lot about like, you know, the masculine production-based goal-oriented mm-hmm taking action. So I think there's becoming a shift in, you know, okay, let me slow down. Let me hear myself. Um, let me honor my intuition. And for me, what I'm really passionate about when it comes to masculine and feminine energies is how is the, how are those energies internally holding and respecting each other internally? So how is your, you know, how are you honoring your intuition? Is your masculine energy honoring your feminine energy internally? Um, and vice versa for, for every individual. Um, and I think that it kind of starts there and that's like a ripple effect of healing. Yeah. And so how can outside factors deter or affect that internal flow of energy and correct me if I'm wrong or correct me if the language is creating a different kind of view on this perspective, but if every individual has like a flow state of where their energies are aligned and continue to move through their body at you know, the rate that is healthy for them, how can external factors maybe disalign those energies or bring one more into power than the other when that's not maybe what's meant for your internal compass? Completely. And I think this is where, you know, intuition and listening to our body comes into play a lot, but absolutely, you know, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on, and it's true. We need to, you know, have the power internally to, um, to be able to move emotions and, um, be in control of our own internal world. And that's so much of the work that I do, but of course, external world, um, has a huge effect on us because it, it has to do with our wounding. It has to do if those wounds are going to be received. We're such relational beings. Um, you know, so it has to do with trauma upbringing. Um, so think about it, like the soil that you're in, Um, I like to think so if you are, if you, if your internal world is a garden and are there, are there weeds that need to be pulled out? Um, who, how is your support system? Um, so it's, it's incredibly, incredibly important, the people around you. Um, Mm -hmm. and I love, there's a Dr. Emoto, he's a, um, Japanese doctor and he did studies on water. And, um, he had some monks chant over water and the shapes and the colors when he froze them and studied the shapes were absolutely beautiful, um, almost angelic looking. And then someone, you know, speaking poorly to the water, um, and they do the study with plants as well. And I've seen it with plants before. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you're in an environment where, you know, people aren't speaking kindly to you, um, or it's not a supportive environment. We are made of water and we are nature. So of course it's going to affect us. Um, so we can do overtime, you know, internally to help that, but 
the people around us, the soil that we're in, the environments that we're in. Um, you can even think of it as like work as well. Um, is it a supportive work environment? How is your mm -hmm. boss culture? Um, it deeply matters as well um, because we are so yeah. related. How can we start to notice if there is an unhealthy shift in energy in our lives? Does, does it typically come up in behavioral practices or in mental blocks? How mm -hmm. would you say you normally find that? First of all, being an athlete, most of my life, uh, we were almost taught to disregard our body, you know, push through our body, push through the pain with all of the workouts and sprints and lifting all the things. And so I feel like I almost got conditioned to, you know, push through the pain in the body. And then once I really started incorporating the body um, as like an intuitive um, tool and a wisdom place um, and guidance system the body is going to give you all these messages. So if your energy is really drained, all of a sudden you're just, you're just kind of like slogging through things. It's like, okay, let's get curious about what is really draining my energy here. Or if you get new bodily symptoms that you didn't have before, really check in on your environment and the people around you. Like I will say, and um, TMI, whatever, when I was in an abusive relationship, and I did, and I wasn't aware of it at the time. I actually had IBS and really painful periods, and mm -hmm. and that wasn't the case beforehand. And I went yeah. to doctors, and when people look at you as just like you know, uh, a one-off, it just didn't seem to, it didn't really make sense at the time. But looking Why? without that relationship, you know, all of a sudden those are cured. Um, so so um, interesting. Yeah. I think it's really important. Your body will send you the signals before mm -hmm. your mind can, can catch up. Yeah. That is really interesting. Similarly, when I was in a toxic relationship in the past, it was for me, a lot of like anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of emotional highs and lows. So just things that were not average for my everyday life. And exactly. Mm -hmm. It was also like weight gain too. Yes. Inflammation yes. in my body too. Yes. Your body is going to be sending all these signals um, to, to get your attention. And that's why nervous system regulation and understanding your own nervous system is so important because when you're kind of in that freeze mode, you know, that's when you get really tired and, and you just don't have energy. And um, that's more like depression symptoms then anxiety is more um, sympathetic, like fight flight. And then, you know, and knowing the difference when you're in your true self. So once you start to really like investigate, like your internal um, messaging and your bot listening to your body, a lot can really come through. Yeah. When you started listening to your body, was yours mostly just through meditation when you found your connection and how did your meditation journey start and then evolve? Like as you continue to understand more about yourself? Yeah. Well, my, my meditation journey really, really, really evolved. <laughs> started with, I feel like most people, um, it started with guided meditations and started with focusing on the breath. The breath is so important and such an easy, available free tool that we can use at any time. Um, and I, I like to use guided meditations and Tara Brock, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she was like mm -hmm. my entry into meditation. Um, mm -hmm. and she does a lot of body scans. So you tune I in love a good body scan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So breath and body scan, I feel like where, where I began 
And now currently I use meditation as a way to, um, connect to my, my inner voice and also to connect to, um, the spirit world. Um, and my, my guides, you know, loving, compassionate, um, spirits that are there to help me, but I taken it very, very deep now. Um, but I didn't start that way at all. You know, now I can go and, and feel like I can talk, commune with, um, and get messages from my spirit team, but, um, definitely didn't start that way. Um, so it's almost like a, a muscle, um, to also work out as well. Yeah. The more you practice. And I notice even when I, I was a similar story to you, like we had discussed in COVID, it was when I really like sat down and deep dived into my meditation practice every day. And I noticed over time I was able to just sit and like connect. I was able to just drop into that zone very easily. Yes. And recently I have, I've stepped out of it. Just I've switched gears and been trying to be the doer instead of the healer and prayer, you know, if that makes sense, (laughs) just in a different era. And I have noticed that when I do sit down to meditate these days, it takes me probably like 10 or 15 minutes to even get into that state. So like you were saying, it's just like, it's a muscle. The more you use it, the easier it becomes, the better it becomes in your life. A hundred percent. And I think for me, you know, a lot of people hear like, oh, meditate, meditate, meditate. You hear that a lot. So So I feel like beginners or people that like don't understand or like, why is that so important? Or especially people with, you know, any like previous trauma, meditation can be kind of a scary place because sometimes, you know, you don't want to go in and be quiet. Mm -hmm. What's there. Um, So I do think the breath and guided meditation is good to start. But what I would say to those people that feel that way, um, that there's a place that you can access inside of you that is literally an all encompassing love. Um, and you, once you're there and if you feel alone, um, if you feel lonely, there's just, there's a place inside that, um, that's an overpowering love that you can connect with. So I think that's really where my passion for, um, advocating for meditation comes in. Yeah. You're saying that sometimes people don't want to go within. And I always say to people who are starting meditation, it's going to kind of stink at first. It's really, it's going to probably be terrible at first. So, so don't knock it right away because you're going to have to start facing the things that you have been pushing down and putting away and like locking in closets before it gets good. A hundred percent. And I think that that's, Kind of the message is facing your fears, facing those pains and realizing you're so much greater than that. And there's, there's a love that can hold it all that's there. Um, so it's almost like a, an encouragement, um, that, and also, you know, even when we're talking about energy, when we push things down, we actually give it more energy. Um, it's actually, even if we feel like it's, we're pushing it down and not facing it, it, it is controlling us in a way. Yeah, um, it's holding space in our body. It's holding space in our mind. And that space that could be used for other things like love. Exactly. <laughs> if it gets freed and acknowledged, and sometimes it just wants to be seen, witnessed and heard um, just like we do. Yeah. When it comes to, I'd like to jump into more of the relationship topic towards narcissistic yeah. healing, I guess, healing from those traumas, because I really noticed when I made my switch into the life that I live now into finding peace and like being able to really 
be in tune with myself and understand that just life, there's more to life when you are connected. Uh, it all came at kind of a sudden time. It was when I had broken up with that ex-boyfriend. It was in the middle of COVID and it really all yeah, yeah. Well, flatlined at one, one moment and then elevated from there. And so I feel like yeah. in my personal healing journey, the trauma that I might've taken on from other parts of my life as well as in my relationship kind of all got healed at the same time. So I wasn't sure where there was a differentiation. Like I never focused just on healing from one thing, if that makes sense. It, it does. It absolutely is, does. Yeah. Is there like a path towards healing when it comes to healing from a relationship that might be different from just your standard practices? Or I guess I'd like to just know more about healing from relationships in general. Yeah. I think it's really interesting and a good point that you mentioned because it, you know, it is those relationships do show us so much about ourselves that don't just affect that relationship. They, they, they're with us and they affect so many different parts of our life. And, um, mostly, you know, they're coming from, um, childhood. So I think that the very first step in healing from any kind of abusive, toxic relationship, um, is really to, to look at, um, inner child healing, um, and look at patterns that come from family systems and, and hearing our inner child. So, and those inner child wounds, they, they affect all different areas of our life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You can start with healing from, for example, maybe an abusive relationship, but it has the power to unlock so much more, so much more than that. So, and I think that, um, starting with those, those relationships kind of stifle and make you doubt yourself. So finding your voice again, finding your true voice again is vital. Carving out space to hear yourself and validate yourself is absolutely vital. Yeah. Two big questions that I just, that came to mind from when you were just chatting there. The first is, can you just lay out a brief overview of what childhood connecting with your inner child in childhood trauma and how that affects us later in life comes up. And just for somebody who might have not even heard the concept of their childhood affecting their life today. Yeah. So every single person, no, like no matter what your upbringing was, you know, has inner child wounds and it doesn't matter. You know, every single parent is human and um, they're, you know, they're kids in school and there are um, societal values and so there's no person on this earth that is without, you know, some degree mm-hmm. of childhood wounding. So, and that can show up in a multitude of ways. We end up trying in adulthood, almost trying to close those loops and heal those wounds through relationship with others. We felt like we weren't um, seen or heard um, as a child, then we can go into relationships where um, we really try to, you know, feel seen and heard. And when that kind of drives the show, you know, a toxic person could pick up on that, take Mm -hmm. advantage. So the empowering part is to now, you know, check in with your inner child, you know, see how he, she, they were feeling when you were younger and validating them, validating their experience, hearing them so that you don't necessarily need to repeat the same dynamics over and over again for you to see it in, in a painful way. You can, you can yeah. go, you can go meet your inner child and, and talk to her or him or they yourself and try to start 
meeting those needs and reparenting yourself as an adult today. Yeah. And when you, when you speak of whole, is that how you speak of finding your wholeness is finding that connection once again to your younger self and like refinding those, those lacks of needs in your adulthood? So it's really about what did that child interpret about that child's self based on the behaviors of other people. Mm-hmm. So say that there was a, a mean kid in school or something like that, and um, they were they were mean to them and they're continually picked on them, for example. Um, what did that child then make that that behavior mean about them? I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I must not be lovable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to remember this is from a child's perspective, the adult you now. Um, so it's really about what what you might have interpreted about yourself based as a child, based on the behaviors of others. Mm-hmm. And the healing comes in recognizing the behaviors of others had nothing to do with your worth, your lovability, your wholeness, who you are. It was always just simply the behaviors of other others. Humans. Mm-hmm. Probably their own wounds and their own things. So right. when you can go back and say, oh, you were completely lovable and whole and their behaviors had nothing to do with your worthiness and, and lovability. And then you can know that as truth in your body and then also be able to have more compassion for others. Yeah, I I love that that explanation in general is, and the one point that really stuck out to me was that other people who you might obtain trauma from are people who are also traumatized, who also are working through their own traumas, or maybe they act that way because somebody acted that way towards them and that's how they perceived it and that's how they show a certain sort of affection or even a certain sort of it's kind of hard to explain how somebody might show affection in a mean way but when that's the type of love that you think you deserve that's how you give love and so exactly I think that's really interesting and I love that you touched on that point because that's something that I really helped me when healing from how other people treated me and how I accepted that treatment later in life Exactly. And even when you look at trauma, for example, it's not always the events that happened. It's what we made that mean about ourselves based on events. So when it comes to healing from any kind of relationships that were not empowering, it's really about what did I make that person's behavior in that dynamic mean about me? Um, so, so freeing yourself from that and just letting that behavior just be someone else's behavior and not actually a reflection of you um, and your worth. Yeah. Are there other tools that people can use or that you have used over time and in practice to continue empowering healing and transformation, even beyond like just the everyday, beyond, or even beyond the big moments in life, like beyond just healing from a relationship or from our childhood wounds, what practices do you think are really vital to just helping us move forward every day to be more empowered? Yeah. I think the most empowering thing you can do, um, especially if you relate to being like an empath, um, for example. So every single morning I call it like energy hygiene. I think this is really, really vital to maintaining like your own 
um, essence, energy, authenticity, um, and like purpose in this life, mm-hmm. um, is yeah. Almost like, you know, you, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, um, doing some energy hygiene in the mornings and at night. Um, so waking up, I wake up and I'll meditate, um, and kind of cleanse, cleanse my energy. You can do it with like pop Santo or sage, or you can even just do it with, you know, and I'm getting a little spiritual now, but like a selenite. Yeah. yeah uh, I have them all sitting right now. Yeah, so okay. table here. <laughs> yeah. And you can imagine, um, so connecting, you know, love cliche love is always the answer. So mm-hmm. even if you want to just start by closing your eyes and thinking about something that you love, like, for example, I love my dog. He is, he's my everything. He is unconditional love in a fluff. Yeah. Um, so I just think of Tater in my heart and, and then I extend that love. It's like a meta loving kindness practice. Mm-hmm. I extend that love to myself and to other beings. And then I create like a light bubble around myself and yeah. even watch it like snap off any cords um, that aren't that. And then you start to become aware, you know, of what is best for you and just start really treating yourself like um, with a lot of compassion and reverence. Um, and so I think, yeah, tuning into yourself, time to hear yourself um, energetic hygiene. And at the end of the day, disconnecting from everything that isn't yours, um, and, um, clearing the day and setting the intention for like a healing night's sleep, um, is really important. And the power of nature, nature to me is so healing. It's so grounding. Um, Mm -hmm. nature is huge. Um, I think it does more than, than, um, we're even consciously aware of. Yeah. I think I actually, um, I texted my parents this morning. I was like, oh, do you think it'd be okay if I just kicked it and went to the lake house for the next two days? Cause I could yes. use some time away from the city. So I, I just spontaneously was all of a sudden this morning, like, I think I need to go just sit in nature. I need to go sit by the water. I need to go on a little hike. I need something to reconnect. Totally. And I, and I think that our emotions are so huge and they draw, they're such a driver of our lives. So I really emphasize tuning into your emotions, um, and, you know, not stifling them, um, alchemizing them, moving them, hearing them, witnessing them. So any kind of practice that you have to connect with your emotions, um, I think is vital to like long-term health. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can everybody find you if they need to know more, if they are in a place where they might need a little guidance or they feel like they're in a relationship that's not healthy for them and are looking for somebody to help coach them through it or just any type of help, where can everybody get some more information from you? Yeah. So you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Kelly Austin mentoring or visit my website, uh, kellyaustin.com. Um, and I do coaching, uh, programs one-on-one, so three and six month packages. Um, and I also do one-off Reiki sessions and, um, intuitive healing with like tarot card and Oracle card readings and, uh, one-off sound healing and mystic astrology readings. Um, so yeah, you can find me book a consultation call on my website and yeah, follow along. I um, love it. Well, yes. Yeah. I hope everybody takes this conversation and moves forward with it. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me personally on Instagram or to Kelly on Instagram. Thank you so much again for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I, I've learned so much about our, from our conversation and I hope to just like keep taking it and keep running with it. And just having connections in this world makes me feel a little bit more seen and safer and connected to my practices as well. I couldn't agree more.